And so this morning, we are so glad to have you with us. Um, and I hope you see that this is not our typical service, um, but thank you so much for being willing to engage and share this space with the kids. They are so excited to share it with you. And here's the other truth, is we wanted to share with you what they learned because we believed that what they learned this week wasn't just for children, but the truths were absolutely applicable and important for us to hear as well. So we're gonna do that, but before we do, I wanna share a little bit more about what we did this week. As you saw in the slideshow, the kids would come in here and they would dance, they would sing, they would then go out and some would have crafts, then they would go and play some games on the field where honestly, I didn't need to go to the gym this week because man, those kids are fast. And then Dory, she had this story time, and you saw it in the library, and I'll tell you, I went in there a couple times, and the kids, the entire time, they were just locked in with her. It was amazing to see. And then we had snack time, and then we would come back, and it was hilarious to watch Pastor Chris just drip with sweat every time he put this bucket on his head. It was the funniest thing every time, and uh, yeah, he put those drama skills to use. It was really cool to see, and I could tell you more, but in truth, I don't really want to, I don't want you just to hear from me. I don't want you just to hear from the people who, who led this thing. I want you to hear from the volunteers, the people who are with your kids every single day this week, and I want to invite up two in particular this morning. I want to invite up Miss Sherry Tolan and Miss Dory Hopman to come and share their stories of just some reflections and experiences they had with your kids this week. So, you can go wherever you want, Sherry. You can go behind the backdrop if you want. Hi. God was with us every single step of the way this week. He started long before any children came. He started with planning weeks and months before. He was with them. He chose a beautiful program, wonderful helpers. I think there were more helpers than there were children. It was so spectacular. Every single child had almost a one-on-one -on -one experience with adults. It was very special. I saw God moving throughout all the children, through the stories. Some came in energetic and ready to go. Others came in a little more timid. <laughs> but you know what my special God moment was? When one of those little people came up kind of next to me and grabbed my hand. And I thought, okay, now they're with us. And so each one of us hopefully touched someone, but I wanted to give a special shout out, not just to the volunteers, but our snack crew, all the people that did um, missions. We brought in thousands and thousands of items for people that need them, from toiletries to foods to snacks. And I'll tell you what, the kindergartners and the first graders blew everybody away. I think they probably had 1,500 items, maybe 2,000 just between them. And so the cupboards are full, thanks to their love. But I wanted a special shout out to the teens. They were fabulous. They were right there to do any errands, to lead us right through all the games, to be inspirational, and they were. So thank you. You were fabulous. And God was with us. He does know us. He strengthens us. He sends us out to do this sort of thing so that others may know. Mm -hmm. God bless you. <laughs> Miss Dory is getting into her costume. 
Yes, I wore this every day and I had the library, uh, the temperature was probably 62. <laughs> I had a fan in there that made it look like the kelp was moving, but really it was because I was warm. And um, it was nice, it was, it was quite wonderful uh, to be there. Um, I was incredibly blessed to be called to do story time. Um, most of you, what, people who do know me, I'm quite energetic. And for me to sit for a while and tell stories um, can be hard sometimes. But when you're engaging with, with children of God and when they look at you with their eyes and they are really listening and then I'll whisper because they might be active and I'm like, but did you know? And then they, they kind of, they seek your, your words that are coming out. And so we started with, a, they heard the story in our room every day. To, um, to learn all about the, the, he knows us, he loves us, he sends us, he hears us, he strengthens us. And every day was, was a new message. I had a God moment when I had one of the little ones um, afterwards. I got a lot of hugs every day, which is my favorite thing. But I had a little one come up to me and said, Miss Dory, because of the story in you, I know Jesus better. You know, and, and all we can be is a seed. We can't be the seed and the water and the sun. If we are, that's awesome. But sometimes we're just the seed. We'll never see it grow. And, but then sometimes you do. And that is an absolute miracle and a blessing when we get to see that grow. Um, I can't thank all, everybody that was involved. They, they truly were, it was of their hearts. And you could tell. One of the messages um, were how God loves and God sends us. And thought, you know what a great idea. We have some missionaries, Miss Katie and Mr. Lee, that have gone to Ukraine. And so, hey, how about if we write some notes to them, brought this big map out, showed them where Ukraine was and how far it was, and some of the notes they can't write, so they, a cross with a person on it, flowers, a heart, I mean, and some of them, of course, were words. What I'd love to ask of you is, um, there are those same cards that the kids wrote on, they will be on top of the piano in Hope Hall after the service is over. We're going to mail all of those notes and some pictures from Vacation Bible School, or camp, sorry, um, to them, and, and hopefully their hearts will be touched as much as they've touched our hearts. And we talked about being missionaries. You don't have to go to Ukraine. We talked about being missionaries, maybe even in your own bedroom when a friend comes over down the street or, and, and it was kind of, to, to see things move in their mind and just thanking God for allowing me to be able to give that word to them. And I, I praised him every day. And I thank you all for just supporting everything that you did to make this happen. So thank you all. In truth, all the people that are wearing yellow shirts and the blue shirts have a story from this past week. And so I just want to encourage you, as we go to our barbecue time afterwards and our Sundays, don't think I forgot about ice cream, everybody. Don't think. I know there's ice cream. There is a ton of ice cream. This will be a good day. When we, when we do that, I just encourage you, reach out to somebody with one of the shirts on and hear their story. Ask them what they enjoyed. Ask them how God spoke to them. Ask them where they saw God this week. And what I want to do for you in the next 20 minutes or so is this. I believe that what we learned this week was not just for children. 
And here's the thing, as I continued to listen to these stories, as I was taught in these, yeah, they were put in child terms, but I realized behind them are significant truths about the gospel. And they're truths that are not just applicable for children, but they're truths that every single one of us needs to hear. And so this morning, I want to share with you what these kids learned. But here's the thing. My memory is slipping. And so, kids, you learned this entire week all of this, right? All of these little things. So here's what I need from you this week. As I teach today in this sermon, I'm going to need some help remembering what the stories were. I'm going to need some help remembering what it is that you learned. And so when I call on you, I want you to shout it out, okay? This is one of those most interactive sermons we're ever going to sit in, okay? And so I'm going to tell you, it might get loud, but that's going to be even more fun. Okay, and we're going to let the kids teach us this morning. We're going to let the kids share what they learn, and I'll just share some reflections out of that. And so here's the thing. We started out with this verse. We had a theme verse every day that was Genesis 28:15, and the essence of this verse, which I don't know if we actually put up on the screen, and the fact that you're not by this computer says we didn't, but the essence of the verse is God is with me wherever I go. The context of Genesis 15, 28:15 is the context of Genesis 28:15 is that when jo uh, Jacob is on his way back into the promised land, into this, this space where he had previously left, God visits with him in this dream, and God tells him, hey, wherever you're going to go, I will be with you. And so we began to take this idea that God is with us and began to question, okay, what does it mean to have God with us? What is the significance of that? And that's where these five principles came out of. And the first thing we learned, day one, was we had this story that said that God knows me. Boys and girls, what was the story we learned about where God knows us? Noah? Remember God knows me? Uh, that was a Druism, and it was so cheesy. I loved it. God knows me. And remember, in this story, what we learned was out of all the people of the earth, all the people of the earth, God was familiar with every single person. He knew their heart, he knew their motives, he knew their intentions, and because of that, he was able to discern that out of all the people of the earth, only one person was righteous, and that was Noah. And so what God did was he came alongside Noah, and then he began to promise him a number of things. And what we saw was this, even though God was only coming alongside Noah, Noah, we learned that more than that, God began to hear Noah. Because here's the thing that I think all of us need to take in. We have this idea a lot of times in our culture that yes, there's a God, but that this God is somehow removed from us. Like he started the world and then he walked away, but that's just not true. What we learned as we learn that God knows us and God hears us is that God actually cares about us is that you and I matter to God, and we matter enough that he pays attention to us. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Psalm 139, and as we looked at Psalm 139, we saw a God who says, I know when you go out. I know when you sit down. I know when you stand up. I know when you stay at home. I am familiar with all of your ways. God said. That does not describe a God who's distant. That describes a God who genuinely cares about each and every one of us. 
This isn't a promise just for children. Adults, I think you and I need to hear this just as much as the kids need to because I believe that every single one of us has moments in our lives where we go through struggles, where we go through frustrations, where we go through difficulties, and we wonder, does anybody care? Does anybody see me? Does anybody actually wonder what's going on in my life? What if I just slipped off into oblivion? Would anybody even notice? The answer to that is very clear, yes. We have a God who actually cares about you. You matter to God enough that he knows you and is familiar with you, but it's even more than that because he also promises that he doesn't just know about you, he doesn't just keep tabs on you, he's not just Santa in some way. I see you when you're sleeping, I know when you're awake, and once a year I visit you with coal or present. No. We have a God who cares about us so much he actually wants to hear from us. And the, the amazing thing about this, and we learned that this week, is a lot of times we, even as Christians, we do this. We think the only way God is ever going to actually listen to me is if I am good is if I've got my act together, is if my life is all organized and set up, and then I can come to God. I've cleaned myself up. I am now righteous. Now I can approach God, and he will listen to me. But that wasn't the story we learned. Boys and girls, what was the story we learned about God hears us? No, it wasn't John. It was close to John. No, that's going over there. Which is the one where he heard? Jonah! Jonah, remember the story? Everybody remember the story of Jonah? Jonah is in this, this rebellion, all-out rebellion to God. God tells Jonah, hey, I want you to go all the way over to Maine. And Jonah's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Hawaii. Goes in the complete opposite direction. I don't want to go to Maine. That's where the bad people are. And so from the beginning, we see Jonah in complete rebellion to God. And you would think, well, God is just going to write him off. God is just going to judge him. And so when this giant fish or whale or creature of the deep comes and swallows Jonah, you think, yeah, Jonah got what he deserved. But the amazing thing is that in the belly of that fish, Jonah speaks to God. And what you see is God listens to Jonah. Jonah hasn't done anything righteous up until that point in the story. Jonah hasn't cleaned himself up. Jonah hasn't gotten his act together. And yet we know that God knows Jonah and he cared so much for him that he listened to him. Look, children, you know this. You learned this this week, that wherever you are in life, you can call out to God and he will hear you. Adults, do you believe that? Again, we talk about these moments in our lives where we feel like nobody notices us. These moments in our lives where we feel like life is just spiraling out of control. In those moments, where do you turn? God promises us that he hears us. God promises us that he knows us and he hears us. But here's the amazing thing. Because it's not just that God says, yeah, yeah, I know about you. Yeah, I hear you. But God actually acts on our behalf. And that's what we learned here. We learn that not only does God hear us, not only does God know us, but God strengthens us. In those moments when we're struggling, in those moments when life is swirling and crashing around us, and we're like, I don't know what to do. I need help. God doesn't go, I hear you there. God goes, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to encourage you. Boys and girls, what was the story we learned here? Come on, Tristan, shout it out. Peter walking on water. 
Adults, do you remember this story? Peter walking water. This is beautiful. I can demonstrate it right here. So Peter is in the boat with the rest of the disciples. Peter's in the boat with the rest of the disciples. There's this massive storm coming. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus just, you know, walking on water, strutting. I, I, see, I don't know how you read the Bible. I like to put my own twist on certain things. And so when Jesus walks, I think Jesus struts, okay? And so Jesus strutting on the water, and Peter sees him, and he's like, whoa, I want to do that. And so Peter gets out of the boat, and he actually begins to walk on water. He's like, dudes, look at me! And he turns back to his friends in the boat, and then what happens, boys and girls? He sinks! He sinks! Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. As this guy is sinking, you have to understand, Peter was a fisherman his entire life. This was a guy who grew up on the waters. This was a guy who knew how to swim probably from the time he was like two. His parents are like, great, now you learn to walk and go swim. (laughs) This was a guy who had been in violent storms before. This was a guy who knew how to navigate the sea. And yet all of a sudden, Peter is beginning to drown. What does that tell you? This sea must have been crazy. The storms must have gone around so much so that this veteran swimmer is unable to do something. And so God, knowing Peter, hears him and then empowers Peter. And what you see in the story is this beautiful picture of Jesus strutting over to Peter, who's flailing in the water, and he reaches his arm out and pulls him out. And here's the thing. I think every single one of us needs to hear this as well. God doesn't just know you. God doesn't just know, hey, I created you, you're special, I made you a certain way, and I'm keeping tabs on your life. That's not what God does. But even more than that, God doesn't just know you, he promises to hear you. Because you matter to him, he wants to talk to you. He wants to hear what it is that you have to say. So he hears you. But he doesn't just go, well, that's nice, that was great, thanks for talking to me. He says, no, no, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to enable you to live the life that you were created and saved for. Look, we talk about this when we talk about Jesus a lot. And this is, this is an important dichotomy that you and I need to learn. Dichotomy means, children, there, there's two ways of thinking. Okay? There's two ways of thinking. Is There's this way of the world that leads to this destruction and brokenness. And then there's this way of Jesus that leads to life. And we know this because in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to rock your world and take the joy out of it. The thief comes to drown you. The thief comes to mess with you. But I have come, Jesus says, so that you may have what? Life. 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 Well, how, how do you live without somebody strengthening you? And so not only does God know us, not only does God hear us, but God promises to act on our behalf, to strengthen us, to enable us to live. Why? Why why would God do this? You ever wonder this? It's an interesting question because some people have this interpretation of God that somehow we're his puppets and therefore he just likes to manipulate us behind the scenes. Other people, you know, they just have this idea of a deistic God, this idea of a God who has walked away and wants nothing to do with us, but we saw that's wrong, so but why, why, why would he actually do this for us? Look, we've said this hundreds of times in church, and it amazes me how we just continue to ignore this truth. So hear this. God loves us. God loves us. Why does God do this? Because not only do you matter to God, 
but he loves you. And boys and girls, what was the ultimate expression of love that we learned about this week? What was the ultimate expression of how God loved us? I'm going to go with John 3.16. Adults, help me out here. What was John 3.16 about? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Thank you, whoever added that. Amen. Shall not perish, but have eternal life. Look, this is one of those concepts that we, again, talk about over and over and over again in church. But I want you to hear something today. You matter to God because God loves you. You matter to God because God loves you. So much so that he knows you. He keeps tabs on you. He's familiar with all of your ways. He listens to you when you cry out, even when life isn't going well. And he promises to act because he loves you. Now, here's the other thing. We learned this, and this was a great thing. This was the story we actually learned this week. Again, God doesn't love us just because we're good. God doesn't love us because we have our act together. God doesn't love us because somehow we've cleaned ourselves up enough for God to now say, oh, good, you've cleaned yourself up. You're a good person. Now I will love you. No. God loves us like a parent loves their child. You don't have to do anything to earn that love. And even when you mess up, it doesn't affect your love. The story we learned, boys and girls, what was the story we learned? It was about Peter and Jesus. What happened? Peter and Jesus, what happened? Not on the boat, what else happened? Remember Jesus was making some food on the side of a sea? Remember? Odin wasn't even there and he remembers, yeah. No, different story. This is the story, remember, at the end of the Gospel of John. After Jesus had been killed and after Jesus had been resurrected, Jesus' disciples, they go out fishing. And while they're sitting in a boat and they're fishing, Jesus is just deciding, oh, I'm going to go cook something on the side of the, the sea there. And Peter, because I love Peter, Peter sees Jesus and he goes, oh, Jesus, and he jumps out of the boat because he's already done that multiple times. He sprints as fast as he can in the water over to Jesus. He's like, hey, Jesus, what are you doing? Give me a fish sandwich. And Jesus is like, okay, Peter, here it is. And then Jesus and Peter have this exchange that's incredible. Jesus goes to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, yeah, Jesus, of course I do. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And Peter just loses it. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Three times and on the third time he loses it because what happened only weeks before or days before is that Peter had denied Jesus three times. This is the same guy who months before that had gone and stood by Jesus and declared, you know what, all these other guys, they may abandon you, but I will never abandon you. I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus looked at him and he goes, that's so cute that you try, Peter. But no, you will deny me three times. No, 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 I won't deny you three times. Yeah, before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. And so on that night when Jesus is arrested, Peter follows Jesus behind into the trial. And he's out on the outside, and this little 10-year-old girl comes up to him and says, Hey, I know you. You're with that Jesus. No, 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 I'm not with Jesus. And Peter denies Jesus 
three times. And on the third time, the rooster crows, and I love the way Mel Gibson depicts this, Jesus and Peter made eye contact. And Peter was just torn, broken, and he runs away from Jesus in shame. And so at this point in the story, Peter has nothing. He's broken. Yeah, Jesus, his best friend is alive, and that's exciting, but there's still this tension between them. I denied you. How can I love you? What's going on? Jesus knows this. He pulls Peter aside and says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? What Jesus does in that moment is he makes it very clear. Peter, you, you can't do this perfectly, but I love you enough to pursue you and restore you. And more than that, did you hear what Jesus told him to do? Go feed my sheep. Jesus not only knew Peter, not only heard him, not only strengthened him, not only loved him, but he sent him. Jesus gave Peter a mission a lot of times we as Christians like this idea that God loves us and so we come to church and we hear about that, we get saved and we sit on the sidelines until Jesus returns and then we go to heaven. And that's one way of viewing salvation. I fully acknowledge that. You can do that. You can get your Jesus card, put it in your pocket, right? And be like, well, I'm saved. I don't gotta do nothing. That's one way. But the truth is, as you look in the scriptures and you see what it is that God calls us to, God invites us to play. God says, I'm not just gonna let you do stuff. I'm not just gonna hear from you. I'm not just gonna empower you. I want you to play a role in my kingdom. I want you to be my witnesses in all the world. I want you to go and share about what I've done in your life, how, you, how I know you, how I hear you, how I strengthen you, how I love you. I want you to share that with everybody. And so boys and girls, hear me on this. Boys and girls, you spent a week, a week with us singing these amazing songs about who God is, singing some great songs about how God hears you, how God knows you, how God strengthens you, how God loves you. You have heard and been told over and over again that you matter to God, that wherever you go, God will be with you. You've heard this for a week. You have the option now to just take that knowledge and sit within your head and go, man, God is good. Or when you go to your sports camp, when you go to your robot club, when you go to swim lessons, when you're hanging out with your friends, when you go back to summer school, when you go to normal school, to begin to share that again with your friends of, hey, do you know that God knows you? Do you know God hears you? Do you know God strengthens you? That God loves you? that God has a purpose for you, that you matter to God, you and I have that same responsibility, boys and girls, and adults. Is this again not true for each and every one of us? Look, adults, we come to church regularly, most of us, and these are the same gospel truths we hear proclaimed every single week. The question is, what are we gonna do with them? What are we gonna do with them? Jesus invites you to play. And you're thinking, well, hold on. I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. I can't tell the stories. I can't preach. I can't do that. Jesus didn't ask you to do that. Boys and girls, what was the story we heard attached to this one? Do you remember? I know it was the end of the week. It had to do with Paul. Do you remember? When Paul is on his missionary journeys. Yeah. If you don't know this story, right after Paul is persecuting Christians and killing them, he has this powerful encounter with Jesus on the road. 
Jesus blinds him at some point, and then he, he spends the next few years learning about who God is and what God is like. And then Paul is so convicted about these truths that Paul says, I gotta just tell people. And so all Paul does is he goes out and shares the story, and then he reveals to us in Corinthians that he didn't go with wondrous speech. He didn't go with acts of power on his own. He didn't go out of his own charisma and share the gospel. No. He went with fear and trembling and allowed the Spirit of God to work in and through him. All Paul did was he witnessed to this is who I know God to be. This is who I've heard God is. This is how I've seen God work in my life. This is how I know God knows me. I matter to God. And therefore, when he's speaking to people, he goes, you matter to God. I know God hears me. Because in these moments when I was rebelling against him, Paul goes, you know what? I saw God do this in my life. And so when Paul would share with other people, he'd go to them and go, hey, God also hears you. And you may think God doesn't know you because you're in rebellion. Let me tell you the story of Jonah. No, no, no. Let me tell you that. And Paul would just share. And then God goes, Paul goes, but God doesn't just know you. God doesn't just hear you. God sends you. God strengthens you. Empowers you. Because he loves you. Each and every one of us are called to this same mission. And boys and girls, adults in the room, hear me on this. You matter to God. The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that you matter to God. And he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die on your behalf. Not so that you would perish. Not so that you'd be swallowed up by some whale. Not so that your life would just continue to go on meaninglessly. But so that you would have a life of purpose. A life of joy. A life of humility. A life steeped in his love and his grace. Let me pray for you and we're going to continue worshiping. Father God, you are a good God. And it is amazing to us how you continue to speak through children some of your most profound truths. And so I pray that, God, we don't just relegate these truths to something that our kids need to hear today. But, Lord, we allow them to sink down deep within each and every one of us, that we would be mindful, Lord, that you know us, that you hear us, that you promise to strengthen us because you love us and that you send us out to be your witnesses in all the world. And all God's people said, what? Amen. Amen.